Isn't that a song you want to shout sometimes? Sometimes I sit there and I'm like, am I being too loud? I don't even care. Yes, the answer is yes. Oh, wait, no, what? No, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Come on. Good morning. My name is Melody. And my name's Josh. And we, yes, we are the dynamic duo today up here. And soon we'll be the dynamic trio, the three amigos. Three amigos. There's one amiga, but that's Mm, fine. We'll just go with amigos. Yes, see. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, welcome this morning. We are happy to have you here. Happy to see all your faces. And um, what a beautiful fall morning, huh? I said Mm. this morning I'd crank the AC down. We'd all wear sweaters, but I couldn't even do it myself today. It's too hot. It was already too hot at 7 in the morning. I have so many flannels I can't wear. I know. Flannels, all the things are coming up. Well, welcome this morning. If you are visiting us for the first uh, time today or the second time or third, and you have not filled out a Connect card, please grab a Connect card in front of you. Fill it out. We just want to, guess what? connect with you and um, just get to know you a little bit more and have you get to know us a little bit more. So I encourage you to do that and you can drop it. You don't even have to talk to us. How about that? We always say that we'll wait for you under the easy app. You don't even have to talk to us. You just drop it in the uh, offering box right out there and run. Run as fast as you can. We'll grab some coffee and stuff. Grab some coffee, but just don't even look at us. How about that? Like this. Maybe we'll get more connect cards that way (laughs) if we start by saying you don't have to talk to us. There you go. Uh, Well, fill that out for us and just welcome this morning. Um, There's a couple things that I want to mention, especially for the ladies. Tomorrow night on this very Mm. campus, there is a beginning to our yearly events. So tomorrow is our September event where the ladies gather here. A little Bible study, a little laughter, a little snacks, a little fun. There's a little bit of everything. So come here, 6.30 tomorrow. We end at 8 on the dot. I I promise I will not keep you more than that. And uh, just a few minutes of gathering and being together and having a good time. So that's one thing. And the next thing I want to remind you of is that next Sunday... It's Soup Sunday. It's Community Lunch Sunday. Soup. These have been some pretty awesome Sundays, wouldn't you say? Mm. I think so. It's quickly becoming a thing. If you would like to bring anything, just chat with me afterwards. Or Again, don't chat with me at all. Just run. Just write it down and put it in the the box. And uh, we try to make it as simple as possible, as low maintenance as possible. A few of us throw some beans in a crock pot, make it a little soupy, and then we share. But last time we did uh, community lunch, uh, some people showed up with salad, some people showed up with dessert, some people showed up with, I love that, just show up with stuff. Just don't show up with Mm -hmm. stuff that like I have to maintain throughout the service because then, I don't know, it might burn. It's very stressful. It's stressful, yes. Or show up with stuff that I really like and I'll make it disappear during service, okay? Mm. So next week, just hang around a little bit after service. Don't rush off. Don't um, just go on to the next thing and the next thing. Stay, chat, have a little bit of soup. If it is super hot, we will be in here. Mm. If it's nice, we'll be outside. You never know. So please come stay for Soup Sunday. One day we're going to have Soup Sunday when it's going to be like cold outside. It's going to feel perfect. Maybe like in February, but we're going to do it. One day, one day. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to that day. Uh, Another thing we have coming up uh, is we have this month, we have our pumpkin patch. Woo! Who likes pumpkins? 
Good. Just raise your hand. You got to like pumpkin. Second annual pumpkin. Second annual pumpkin patch. We're fancy like that. So pumpkin patch, that's on uh, 1022. That's actually from 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. And we will be in our garden right over there where there's an actual pumpkin patch over there. So pretty awesome. Um, That's going to be a really cool event. The community's invited to come. This community's invited to come. Uh, However, there's also opportunities there to serve and participate in different ways. If you came last year, raise your hand if you came last year to the pumpkin patch. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so if you came last year, uh, you might have seen some of the things. Uh, If you're like, I don't really know what I would do, but I want to help out, uh, meet Marissa afterwards. She'll be out in the courtyard. Uh, She'll just take down some information and give you more information on the ways to help out. Uh, Just a really good opportunity for us to be able to serve our community. And that's what you'll hear uh, in these next couple of things um, that I'm talking about is just this heart that we have to be intentional with our mission statement to be transformed by the Holy Spirit, to follow Jesus, love people, and do good. And you know, there's a thing up there that says do. That means we gotta do some stuff, right? So, so the pumpkin patch is part of that. Another thing that happens every week, we talk about it sometimes, but a lot of you don't get to see, uh, is we do Thursday coffee, free coffee over in our, um, in our garden for the high schoolers and now middle schoolers because they get out at the same time, so more coffee needed. Uh, coffee over there. Uh, this is the brew crew. We had shirts made. Look, fancy, huh? So right here, it has our name on the shirts, except for Grant says, I love Portland. But still, he'll get his name at some point. Um, but yeah, Kaylee made those shirts for us. Don't they look awesome? That's great. We're fancy like that. We have shirts and everything. So Ben, I love your post. Uh, But again and again, uh, over, I mean, we had 150 cups that we went through and not every kid gets a drink. So that gives you an idea of how many kids come through there. It's just so many kids filter over there. Some of them linger. We know names. Everyone that goes each week knows groups of students they connect with. And all we're doing is loving on these students. That's it. We're creating a space where they can come, they can be themselves, and they can get connected. So just really intentional with that. Uh, One of the things we really need, thank you, first of all, for the chips. The chip game has been on. You guys have done a great job. Thank you. We've had so many chips, but one of the things we do need uh, is creamer. Because let me show you how this goes. So kids come up, they get their ice in a cup. And then they pour about this much coffee in it, and then they fill the rest up with creamer, flavored creamers. So we run out of like 15 to 16 full things of creamer each week. Like they just dump it. So it's like 50-50 coffee creamer. So we need some creamers. Uh, If you have that during our regular office hours, please stop by the office. Uh, You can drop that off. We'll get it refrigerated for you. Uh, We would love to take that in so we can keep giving these kids their creamer with a little bit of coffee. I've heard the least favorite flavor, as in nobody takes this flavor, is Irish cream. Interesting. So I know. I would like someone to explain what Irish cream is. It Other de- than using the word Bailey's. It you depends have to- on the brand, there you I go. was going to okay. say, because you got Bailey's and it's so, a whole other yeah. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so no Irish cream, but thank you. No more Irish cream, but we love you guys, and thank you. Um, yeah, and one last thing. Uh, if I could uh, draw, sh- draw your attention as well to um, a couple of different ways to give, you'll see up here that there uh, is envelopes in the seat backs um, that say give on them. You can, this is another great opportunity to ignore us. You can just write in that envelope, fill it out, put it, put it in the box and run out the door. You don't have to interact with anyone. There's other ways to not interact. There's, uh, there's a text to give option. You can give online. Um, you can also give through the church center app. Again, one of the things that we want to be intentional with is explaining why we do what we do. 
So if you have questions about what that is, where that goes, what our heart is behind this portion of our morning, we would love to unpack that with you. Come up to Grant, Melody, or I. We'd love to just chat with you guys about that. But again, just thank you so much for your stewardship, not only in your time and effort, but in your finances as well. So I'm gonna pray for us this morning as we continue on. Lord, we are grateful. I'm just grateful to uh, just even have Grant back, to be in the office with him, to just have his presence in this building with us because you blessed us with a great, great lead pastor. So we're just grateful for that. We're grateful for this community that you have blessed us with. These people, some of which we know deeply, some of which we don't know well, but you have placed us here. And God, not just to experience a service, but to participate in your kingdom work. So God, whether it's through finances, whether it's through learning, discipling, uh, relationships, soup, whatever it is, God, I pray that you continue to push us forward in the mission that you have for us. So I pray that you would just speak through us this morning as we wrap up the series that we're in, that you would speak to us as we, as we linger and hang out and have conversations, and that you would stir us up for the great works that you have to do both in and through this church. We give these things to you in your name. Amen. I'm going to invite Ellie Dawson Placide up here. She's going to read our psalm for us this morning. So welcome, Ellie. Psalm 65. For the choir director, a song, a psalm of David. What mighty praise, O God, belongs to you in Zion. We will fulfill our vows to you, for you answer our prayers. All of us must come to you. Though we are overwhelmed by our sins, you forgive them all. What joy for those you choose to bring near, those who live in your holy courts. What festivities await us inside your holy temple. You faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds, O God, our Savior. You are the hope of everyone on earth even those who sail on distant seas. You formed the mountains by your power and armed yourself with mighty strength. You quieted the raging oceans with their pounding waves and silenced the shouting of the nations. Those who live at the ends of the earth stand in awe of your wonders. From where the sun rises to where it sets, you inspire shouts of joy. You take care of the earth and water it, making it rich and fertile. The river of God has plenty of water. It provides a bountiful harvest of grain, for you have ordered it so. You drench the plowed ground with rain, melting the clods and leveling the ridges. You soften the earth with showers and bless its abundant crops. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness become a lush pasture, and the hillsides blossom with joy. The meadows are clothed with flocks of sheep, and the valleys are carpeted with grain. They all shout and sing for joy. Well, hello again. Uh, as we mentioned, you're going to hear from the three of us pastors this morning as we um, 
wrap up this sermon series, Summer in the Psalms. Have you enjoyed it? Right? I think so. Uh, When we come to the end of a sermon series, uh, I like to look back at the time that has passed since. And we started this series just after the 4th of July, 11 weeks ago. And can you remember back then? Can you remember what you, what you were doing around the 4th of July? Can you remember a little bit? Uh, well, some, some of us can barely remember yesterday, yes? Um, well, one of the ways that, because things fall out of my brain sometimes, one of the ways that I like to reflect and look back is I look at my phone for pictures, right? I look at my phone for pictures or I look over my calendar. I have a paper calendar that I like to keep. And uh, I look back and, and I can remember a lot of adventures and a lot of things that have happened and, and different things. And looking over um, these pictures and calendars, I thought I would share a little bit with you this morning. So back at the 4th of July, my family and I, we were at Newport Beach and we were there. We were kind of in red, white, and blue, but not really. And uh, I think Abby was in completely black, actually. And she said, I'm going to dress like Grant today. This Grant right here, because he likes his black attire. Anyway, so she, uh, she was wearing black. But anyway, that was the 4th of July. So I remembered back, oh, right, we were in Newport Beach. We saw the fireworks. It was great. Uh, the next memory I had on my phone was that uh, my high schooler, Kaylee, right there, she went to summer camp with our youth group here. And that's some of them right there. Look how hard summer camp is for them. They're just lounging. That's not the summer camps I went to. You had to sign up for dishwasher duty. You had to, anyway. So they went to summer camp with Josh. Uh, they, my, my son, my junior hire, also went to middle school camp. I have a really fun picture there. That's Josh driving a bunch of teenagers on the back of a truck. Is that safe anymore? Do we do that still? I don't know. But he did it. I'm sure they were fine. (laughs) I'm throwing you under the bus here, Josh. Um, So uh, before you think my summer was all rainbows and sunshine, let me tell you a little bit about other things that have happened to us in the summer. So little by little, we came back from Newport Beach to find a puddle in our uh, kitchen coming from our refrigerator And that started a series of events of appliance after appliance dying on us. And I shared this story with you guys before, that we had this grand cross-country vacation planned all the way to Washington, D.C. to visit my brother. And our cross-country trip quickly became a new garbage disposal (laughs) and a new refrigerator and a new this and a new that. And so I have a picture of our new fridge here. You can see the, the, the glee on my daughter's face because... This refrigerator makes ice. We haven't had ice in years. We were old school with a tray. And not only just one type of ice, it makes two types of ice. So come over to my house, you'll feel real fancy. So anyway, uh, that was uh, something that happened. Uh, I looked over our calendar and our pictures and I saw some of the adventures that we had here at church. And we had summer in the Psalms small groups right here at New Song and we gathered every week in July and August. And we got to know each other through games, we got to know each other through conversation, through questions, through discussion. And you wouldn't know it from this picture, I actually have a video. But in this picture, we're playing a game called All the Barnyard Animals Are Loose. And so all those people in the picture are either saying moo, or oink oink, or cluck cluck, but all at the same time. So you can imagine the chaos in this room, and that was really fun. 
Uh, there's another uh, video of uh, small group kids running through the sprinklers. Do we have that one? Those are my daughters and the Keeley girls running through the sprinklers. It was hot, and it was my turn with them. And I said, go do it. Just go cool off. You'll be fine. You'll dry off in a second. So they, they ran through the sprinklers one hot summer night. Um, I think we have another picture when Grant was with uh, the, the small group girls. Yep, there he is playing uh, where they shared. They shared their prayer requests with him. And at the time, I think it was the week before school, right? And they were saying, I'm really nervous about math this year, or I'm really nervous about what friends I'm going to have this year, or whatever it was, they were sharing with him those prayer requests. We would take turns being with the kids, and that night was his night. And again, before you think that all everything is rainbows and sunshine, there was other things that have happened here. There's trips that were made last minute because a loved one was sick, there were um, just things that happened here. We, we laid to rest our friend, Chris Alec, over the summertime. And there was moments of deep sadness and grief and despair. So reflecting back is important because as, as we go through these ups and downs of our lives, as we go through these, it's, it's good to remember not just the rainbow and the sunshine, but all the other things as well. And the three of us pastors sat down and we looked back over this, this series that we've done, and these three things, themes came up for us. We have authenticity, worship, and response. And as we've looked at, you know, the context of these psalms and perhaps the stories behind these psalms and the response behind these psalms, these were the things that came up. So I'm going to start this morning with authenticity, and then Josh is going to come up, and then Grant is going to come up. So as we look again at these psalms and at these 11 weeks, um, we looked at these psalms, and, and they are also a reflection on life and a reflection of things that were happening in the lives of the people who wrote these psalms, maybe in a poetic manner, maybe in a poetic manner, um, but, but maybe in a, in a manner where there's, you know, some screaming and shouting going on. But what I love about so many of these psalms that we've covered is that they cover all ranges of human experience and emotion. And we have seen joy we have seen excitement. We have seen anger, sadness, justice. We've looked at the nations, even creation, and all its mysteries and wonder. We have looked at life and death. And if you've been a part of this, can you, can you see yourself in any of those themes? Can you, see, can you say that maybe you have resonated with one of these psalms over the summer? Or one of these words that you see right now? The writing of these words, like I said, have, have I don't know, made, made them a little bit more relevant to me, knowing the history behind some of these themes, knowing that sometimes there was joy and awe behind it. Sometimes there was sin and failure behind it. We talked about Psalm 51 and how that was, that was right after David had been confronted with his sin and he had nowhere else to go. He had nowhere else to go. The Psalms are so real and so authentic because 
once you put these pieces together of the story, of the context, of the, of the thoughts and feelings behind it, I think you could probably resonate with a psalm a week or a month or a year or maybe day by day even. Maybe day by day you could pick a psalm and see the theme and say, yep, that's me. There's this book that we have recommended uh, time and time again during this series called Open and Unafraid. And I'm going to read you a quote from here. It says, the psalms understand the human condition. In it, we see a mirror of humanity at its best and at its worst. There are lines in the psalms that shout out to God in joy, shout out to God in awe, but also scream out to God in anger. Or there are no words to express what the psalmist is feeling. He's He's expressing sadness in this. And the one thing about all these emotions that, that are shared, that are, that are expressed to us, the one thing that is common among all of them is that every person who wrote the psalm, every nation that was behind it, every whatever the story was, was they all took it to God. They all took it to God. They cried out to God. They shouted for joy to God. They cried out in anger. They screamed out in fear. But they did it to God. And if there, I hope you took away so many things from this series. But what I really hope you can take away right now is the fact that you can be real with God. You can be real, like we said last week, you don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to fix your mess. You don't have to make things shiny and pretty and new. Because really, it's never going to be shiny and pretty and new. This life we have has all sorts of messes. This life we have has all sorts of challenges. All sorts of things that we bring to the table. But he, we have to go to God with it. We said that the Psalms are a roller coaster of emotions. And he knows your joy. He knows your excitement. He knows everything about you. And I think the Psalms are so authentic because they were taking it to the one who knew them so authentically. Who made them. Who formed them. And he is the same with you and I. He is the same with you and I, and he waits for us to come. So let's go to him. Let's go to him in anything and everything, and he is already there. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, as, um, as Melody was saying that we, as, as this... We were looking at themes and thinking about things because um, there's a lot of different ways to do a recap, right? There's a lot of different ways to wrap something up. And, and my heart this morning, even through worship, isn't to go through and pick out all the, um, the, the sermons and where worship, you know, made its way out because that's a lot, right, in a lot of parts of the sermons. Plus, they're all online, just so you know, like all the sermons are online. You can go back. You can re-listen to them if you missed anything. Um, but one of the things that I just really want to do this morning, especially regard to this, is just to share my heart. I, I shared with you guys each time, the last two times that I spoke on the Psalms, that this was a challenge for me. 
that because of the Psalms, the type of scripture that they are, that it, um, that it challenged me, it stretched me, it made me uh, deal with things differently because it was a different type of scripture than you normally use uh, for sermons. And, and in regard to worship, I think, I think this was the most central piece to that stretching. In the same way that I was stretched and, and grew and developed, I think my view or my concept of worship was the same. Because we entered into the Psalms, and one of the things you see in the Psalms, as Melody said, is that you see God. Like from the 23rd Psalm that we had very early on, that the, the Lord is our shepherd. And then we, we respond to that. There's tangible results to God being our shepherd, right? That there's tangible results to that happening, what that looks like in our life, what that means for us. And then we go on later on and we realize God revealing himself through, through nature and through his creation and through what he did. To Melody talking about uh, uh, times where we, we have this life, as she just said, right, where we, we crop, edit, post, right? We, we create our life. We create the life that we want people to see and, and how often we feel kind of the urge to do that with God. Or maybe we know we can't do it to God, but we do it when we come to church or we enter into a religious setting, that, that we see that, and even to the darkest of, of psalms, right? The one that Grant went through, uh, Psalm 88, where there was no reprieve. There was no but God moment that we all look for, you know? We always want that thing where it just kind of tidies it up for us in a bow, and, and, and we want that, and there was none of that. But there was still something, and that thing was God. Because at the beginning of the psalm, it says that he calls out to his Savior, and it says, oh, Lord, I call out to you. That even in the midst of all that, he was calling out to God. And, and God didn't fix it. He didn't tighten it all up within that psalm. But it doesn't mean God wasn't there. You see, when I was um, preparing and going through this, uh, and I was thinking specifically last week, I think is where a lot of stuff kind of came together for me and hit me, is when I was preparing this, I used to think that there was great value in uh, in remembering and responding to the works that God does, right? That God, you created everything. God, you saved me. You made me in your image. You, you uh, turned water into wine. You walked on water. You raised people from the dead. All these different things I, I would focus on. And, and I would be like, I thought that there was great value in, in, in responding to those. And there is. And, and that's because we're called to praise God. We're called to see his works and praise him. But I think there was something I was doing without realizing it is that I was equating praise to worship. And I think a lot of times in my life I was, I was mixing those two things together. That, that a lot of worship was simply responding to what God did until I got to uh, Psalm 86, which I spoke on last week. Verse 8, it said, there is none like you among the gods, O Lord. You see, I was doing this psalm, and I was prepping for it, and as I was prepping for it, I actually went to some of our staff, and I was like, guys, I feel like I'm just saying the same thing we've said like, for the last couple of weeks, like I'm barking up the same tree. I was so close to switching the psalm because I just felt like I was repeating, and so as, as we were reading through it, and as I was going um, through the passage, I was thinking about it, and I hit this verse and again, before this, this is a prayer of David, and he's all, you know, being, being as uh, Melody said, transparent and authentic and raw and real. But then it said this, and I realized, what was the origin of all that? 
You see, the reason that David was those things wasn't because he was a man of great faith or he was, he was a king, so he was kind of head and shoulders above everyone else in, in his stature, not his stature, he was short, but in what he did and how he did it. But the reason that he was able to do that is because God is who God is. And this started to change how I viewed the series that we're in. It started to change how I viewed worship. You see, because for me, worship a lot of the times was responding to what God did. And that is still good. It's still beautiful. That's praising God. But, but I realized in this thing that David over and over isn't responding to what God is doing. He's responding to who God is. Because there would be no one left on the earth if David got his way all the time. Because he pretty much asked God to kill everyone by the time he was done, right? Like, he, he just went for it when he did that. So we hear Psalm 88, and, and, and we experience that. And we realize that there's tension there, and there's frustration. But that's because we're, we're waiting on, on something to be done, rather than realizing that he's still Savior. He's still one you could reach out to. You see, a couple weeks ago, uh, Melody was uh, talking about um, the Hobby Lobby Way, right? Hobby Lobby Way. Ton of signs. I was, by the way, those signs that she brought were literally all hers. She didn't, like, rob a Hobby Lobby and give them back. Those were all her signs. Um, and then she talked about other signs, right? Those were all the fancy, nice ones, you know, very good on the surface. But real ones, the one I really liked was the one where she, uh, it was like our marriages on the rocks. And it was like a little whiskey glass. That was, I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, or our finances are in the toilet. Solid signs. Um, Melody and Justin have a career at Hobby Lobby. But in that, she got to a point where she was talking about all of these things and she was talking about being honest. And then she, she started saying what uh, Psalm 46 said about God. And the things that proclaimed him to be God. And then she said, this is another Hobby Lobby sign, right? Easier said than done. And there's this tension that we have. In Psalm 86, I was talking about how we sit. And, and we experience pain and suffering and isolation and anxiety. And yet God is, is, is good and he's powerful, and he's present. And there's a tension between those things. And as I was working through, I was like, okay, what is the tension? And I realized the tension exists is because I want God not to just be those things. I want him to fix my situation. The tension isn't with what, who God is. The tension is with how I'm experiencing or not experiencing God. And what we're saying and what David's saying and over and over in the Psalms is that you, that we have a hope and a joy that we can take in God by simply knowing who he is. Even though we're sitting in the tension of our reality, that we can experience the pain, we can experience the difficulty, but we can say, God, you are good. Even though I don't experience it, even though maybe I'm questioning it or I'm frustrated right now, that you are good. In, in the verse, uh, in 46, one of the last verses is, verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I don't think there's a more Hobby Lobby, cross-stitch, on-a-pillow type verse there is in the world, or on plates, whatever, than this verse, right? We've all seen it everywhere. Be still and know that I'm in God. When we see that verse, what's the first thing that pops in your mind? What's the first thing that you go to? Because for me, it's be still. Maybe that's because I have a simple mind and it's literally the first thing in the sentence. But be still is the first thing I go to. And so I'm like, all right, God, I just need to be still. 
I just need to, you know, be better at calming down my busy life. And then maybe I progress on it and it says no. All right, God, if I'm just still and, and if I know who you are, if I, just, if I just calm my life down, but also I work really hard and know who you are, like, I'll be good. And I get caught up so much in this verse And what I'm supposed to do, what I bring to the party, what I bring to the picture, that I miss the most important part of that whole verse, and that is, I am God. You see, when I was going through this and and when worship came up, I know it sounds really simple, but but the reality that, that we get the opportunity, not because of our faith, not because of our knowledge, our capability, anything that we've done, but we get the opportunity to respond to who God is. And that is worship. And it looks different for us. So my hope for you through this series is this. My hope is if you're sitting in this room and you're like, you're even questioning like, you know, Josh, you're talking a lot about how God is good I don't, I don't know that I'm there. I don't, I've, I've experienced some stuff. I don't know if I could say that to be true because the gap in between my experience and what you're saying, God, to be is just too far right now. My, my encouragement to you would be this. It would be to worship. And I'm not telling you to go say all the things you're thankful for or praise God because of these things. What I'm saying is that because God is always who God is, and your inclination, your questioning, your, your critique of him isn't going to change that in any way that you would worship him, that you would bring that to him. Because I want us to be a community defined by this, a community that push each other to worship, that push each other to respond to who God is, not to push each other into religious obligations of what Christianity might look like, but say, hey, experience God. And respond to that. Let's do that as a community. Let's do that individually. And let's see where that takes us. Hello. Hey. So, so we're fitting like three people preaching into uh, the same sort of time that we normally have for one person. And I haven't preached for a couple of weeks, so... I really, as I said before, I hope you packed a lunch. Um, I got a lot to say. On this pulpit, can I like bruise this thing up a little bit? Yeah, right. It was, no worries, Josh. It is really, really good to be back. And uh, you know, this, this thing about the three of us coming up here and just recapping the summer in the Psalms uh, from our own particular perspective with prayer and study. Um, you know, we don't uh, collaborate. We didn't share what we're gonna talk about. It's always interesting, you hope that uh, you know, Melody doesn't come up and then Josh kind of do a rebuttal without meaning to of what Melody said. And then I'm like, I'm third, right? So, you know, um, uh, but I think interesting enough, as I was sitting listening to Josh and Melody, realizing that like uh, what I have to say is very similar uh, in, in, to both of uh, what they have shared today. Uh, and a little part of me goes like, wow, that's, uh, oops, I wish I hadn't gone last. You know, I get to say the same things. You're like, well, that's a little bit like what they just said. But I think it's a beautiful actually picture of 
the Spirit and how we have this unity and how we see God working in our community and through the Scriptures. Uh, so we had these three words today, um, which these guys came up with when I was gone. I was actually sitting trying to think about what would we do on this final Psalms day. I thought, well, I'll just check online and see if there's anything already there. And there was these three words, authenticity, worship, and response. So I scrapped what I was working on and thought, those are good words. Uh, and I got the word response. Um, you know, this is God's word. When we, when we do this, there's, there's something very important about when God speaks, we're called, we, we respond, uh, we try to even make our, our gatherings in that way so that someone will read scripture and then we will sing a song of response, have this kind of dialogue with God through our time of gathering together. And I think that if we want to live a life like this of, of, with a response to God, then the Psalms are probably the best place uh, that we can go to do that through scripture. Um, they are scripture, they are God's word, but they're also so thoroughly, uh, abundantly full of human experience humanity uh, you know and we've not really changed despite all our cultural changes and technological developments all these wonderful things that we have now we're pretty much the same kind of people as the people that wrote these texts now and I you know in response I think everything is bound up in two truths which we've kind of covered already the first is that God is God as Josh said God is God and I think in this world in which we live this materialist world, we sometimes forget about that, even in the church. We think by our own efforts of resources or relevance, we're gonna make things different, and we forget that God is God. The second thing is, I am me, with all that that means, and you are you. So in terms of response, the first thing we gotta think about is this fact about God, that God is the fact that there is a God, that God is, and the who of who God is, it requires a response. God is the greatest reality, power, existing thing, uh, created all things. All things come from him. He sustains all things. It demands a response. It is not something we can ignore. So the fact of God calls us to respond. And interestingly, in the Psalms, the reality of God is always assumed there's no kind of argument for there being a God in the Psalms. It is just assumed that there is a God. Yes, there is a God who is sometimes silent, but there's never any doubt that God is. Psalm 100, which uh, Jim, is Jim here today, Jim and Linda? They're not here today, yeah, Jim preached on Psalm 100. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. That's significant that God is, requires a response in this creation where God is present. St. Augustine said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Second thing, the nature of God, who God is, what kind of God is this God that is? Well, the Psalms have told us a lot about who this God is, what this God is like, and this tells us that there's a receptivity to all of our human experiences in the nature and character of this God. It's almost like the square peg round hole thing. You know, all of that we are as human beings finds a fitting place in the reality of God and who he is. And we've seen it. Psalm 7, I give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. He is righteous. The Lord is my shepherd. And he says, you evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. The Lord is a rock, a fortress, a deliverer. 
a shield, salvation, a stronghold. He is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. All of these things, the nature of God, we find a fitting place to bring all that we are in response. Not just that God is, but he is a particular type of God. The third thing is this, is that the grace that is in Christ Jesus invites us and welcomes us to respond to God. In the Old Testament, God was a raging, consuming fire. People would not dare approach the mountain where God dwelt. But in Jesus Christ, the way is opened. The fact of God has been shown to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And not only that, he has removed every obstacle to our response. And now all that is left is a warm invitation to bring all that we are to all that he is. And Jesus did this, didn't he? We've studied Mark, and we saw Jesus doing this very thing, that in every up and down of his life, he went to the Father, and he responded to God. So God is God. That's all very well, isn't it? Because I'm not God, right? There's the other side. I am me, and you are you. And as Melody shared, that's a lot of different things, isn't it? Some of them are good. Some of them are joyful. Some of them are excruciatingly painful. And the Psalms... Of all of these things, as Melody mentioned, there's contentment in the Psalms, contentment before God. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. There's despair. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There's hatred. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? There's vengeance. Why do you hold back your hand, your right hand, O God? Take it from the folds of your garment and destroy them. There's longing. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. There is awe. How many are your works, Lord, in wisdom? You made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There's confidence. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. So that, so that God, the fact that God exists and that God is a particular, of a particular nature calls us to respond to God, but... We don't respond in perfect harmony with who God is. His perfection does not draw out of us a perfection from a perfect place. It draws a fully human response. And that's what the Psalms tell us. As Melody said about authenticity, no matter what season we're in, what is happening, this is the way we demonstrate. It demonstrates that we can come to God in all of those places very honestly. The Psalms don't call us to politeness. Imagine you wrote the Psalms from this kind of like puritanical Christian view that you always have to be polite in God's presence and especially in church. There would be a very different set of writings called the Psalms, wouldn't they? Psalm 7, oh Lord, you're always good to me. I've got no complaints. Life is wonderful. Um, my neighbors are so kind. Um, the fence, uh, I, I'm glad that we agreed where the fence line is or the property line. Um, you know, wonderful. And inside, you know, you'd be dying. So God is perfect in all of his ways. He's receptive to us in all of our ways. But these are our ways. So the Psalms don't call us to politeness. The Psalms have actually taught us that there are really no rules for responding to God except for be honest. Be honest. 
And you know, we, we talked about the Psalms are not always true. You know, there's a, some, I think someone mentioned recently when they were in a new song, they first heard this phrase, and it's about description, not prescription, okay? So in the Bible, you'll say, well, why does God want that to happen? But actually, sometimes the Bible just simply describes what human beings are like and what they do, and some of it is despicable and horrifying, but it's simply being described. And so the Psalms are not always true, and they're not always an example to follow. Desiring that your enemies be crushed and and destroyed is not necessarily what God wants, but it's honest, isn't it? Because sometimes we feel like that responding. So what is the goal of all of this, responding to God? If this is the quality that, that God desires for my life to be lived in this, in this manner of understanding that there is a God of a particular type, that Jesus has opened this way up for me then, what is the point? We're very goal-oriented, aren't we? Practical. Well, what, is, what does it do though? What does it make happen? Well, I can honestly say that God is simply satisfied with the relationship. That is really wonderful, isn't it? God is simply satisfied with the relationship that he has with you, apart from any outcome, any work, any busyness. Psalm 46, Josh mentioned, and uh, be still and know that I am God. That's pretty sufficient. God is satisfied simply that we encounter him in all of the varieties of our life and that we respond but that is not the full story, actually. This reminds me of the text that Jesus said. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If anyone remain in me and I in them, they will bear much fruit, right? Well, the point of that passage is not that, hey, if you screw yourself up really tight and get really, really busy, you'll bear much fruit. It says, if you just simply remain in me. There was a revelation to me when I read that passage and understood it. It's simply, my job is to remain in relationship as best I can with this God who loves me, and fruit will be the natural outcome of that. And I think it's interesting that these writings, these Psalms that we have, which is scriptures, the word of God, they are artifacts, they're concrete, they're writings of human beings wrestling with God in the context of their lives, whether it's good or bad, or all the different things they're doing. It's something that has been born into the world from this engagement, that they wrote these things down, and we have them today, but they are evidences of lives lived in relationship, responding to God day by day. So I would ask, what might be the artifacts of our honest engagement with God? If we are doing this work of responding to God throughout our days, what is being birthed into the world? It may be writing. Some of you maybe keep a journal that one day your grandkids or your great-grandkids will read and they'll be inspired by some of the challenges you went through and the way that you wrestled through it with God. But maybe simply it will just be that you will start to grow. God's love is powerful. It has an impact and an effect in this world. It sent Jesus into the world to defeat death. So when he's dwelling in us and we have this relationship, it will create something in the world. Transformation. A testimony that people perhaps can't deny that something has changed about you. Not because you're working so hard to do it, but because you are in a relationship with this God who is and who is a particular way and you have been invited into that relationship. You know, I was going to Scotland, I was reading this book 
And it was really, really helpful because I went to Scotland and, you know, families are families, right? And, you know, there's ups and downs of families. And uh, there's a book by this other guy called All Families Are Psychotic. <laughs> I've never read it, but my wife read it and she's found it really encouraging to know that we're not alone. Um, but this book is called If You Met My Family, You'd Understand. <laughs> and it kind of came about thinking about church and the fact that, like, I have a position here just like everybody else. I take up space in this place, and the way I respond to other people, especially in times of anxiety or challenge, it has an effect. I may say words that I regret that I can't now take back, etc. And I want to be the best grant I can be for this community. Um, and I was reading a book about churches written by this, the same guy, um, but this one's about families. It's about a thing called family systems theory, okay? Has anyone heard of family systems theory? Because I really hadn't. But really, it's kind of, the point is that uh, when you get into a situation where you feel anxious, either because of someone else's anxiety or the situation, you will often respond in a kind of patterned way because of your family of origin. How did you learn to respond when things got a little bit, like, anxious? And this is kind of an example, you know, of things to really look for and say, like, you don't need to respond like that anymore. Um, and I think that this is wonderful, but I think we also need to realize that in this relationship with God, uh, there's a supernatural transformative power. You will remain who you are. You have your personality. You know, some people, I went to Scotland and met some friends I hadn't seen for 25 years, and they were like, well, Grant's still Grant. But there's some fundamental things about me that have also changed that God had been doing because of this work that I had been doing with him. So, you know, this is, this is the outcome of this relationship and this work. You know, I sometimes think we come to church on Sundays and we read scripture and stuff and, like, that's the sum total. There's actually a, a, the point is that we are to be a transformed and transforming community, um, that we would start to be um, changed fundamentally to respond to people differently, to respond to our community, to love our community. Um, so it is sufficient to have this relationship with God in response, but it will inevitably have an outcome in real time in our lives in this world. And that's why we're doing these things. You know, sometimes we go, we recap it. It feels good to have another sermon series in our belt, you know, like did it. I was reading back. We've done Mark, we've done Acts, we've done Philippians, we've done First Peter, we've done so many things. Now we've been through the Psalms. But really, this is a communal time where we're listening for God, listening to God, listening to one another, experiencing this together. And over time, we hope to see our lives transformed. Um, you know, the Psalms, we've said at the beginning, are loved by people all over the world and throughout all history. Yeah, we've also seen, I think, that the Psalms are kind of strange to our ears. They're, they're different, aren't they? And I was pondering that again um, as to, like, how do I make the Psalms a part of my life when sometimes I read them and I don't kind of get it? And I think the whole point of that is, is they're strange because they are countercultural. Our world does not simply say God is. Our, our world does not resonate with the, with the themes we see about this God. It does not do that. And we're called to be a different kind of people. And the Psalms are a place where we can delve in there, remain there, stay in there, and, and continue to be changed, to be... Uh, to grow in the understanding and experience of this kingdom. So I'd say, you know, we're at the end of this Psalm series, and we could just close the book now, right, and go, done, Psalms. 
But I think a lesson of this time is that we could actually move forward with these texts and let the Psalms be our companions more uh, regularly, on, perhaps on a daily basis. And I'm hopeful that maybe we have seen the power and the place of these in our lives, whereas before we may have been slightly confused about what these Psalms are about. I hope that we will see them as uh, a means by which we can encounter God as our, in full humanity uh, and let ourselves be changed and grow. So don't close the Psalms, read them, pray them, sing them, reflect on them, discuss them. And we're gonna, we're gonna respond now uh, to what we've heard. It's gonna be different for everybody, but this is a very free time now. We're gonna do three songs, well, two songs initially. Do you have your communion cups? Today we had the little uh, prepared ones. I stayed awake, I'll tell you, jet lag. The older I get, the harder it is to be eight hours time difference. I went to bed at 9.30 last night and I woke up at five o'clock like, bing, bright and early. It's beautiful. Um, so this is a quite a, a time that's very personal uh, to you. I've got some words I want to put on the screen that will maybe guide our time. And the first three are to do with this God, this God who is and this God uh, who is of a certain nature and a God who also in Christ has invited us into relationship. So know that you're welcomed as uh, you spend this time. You know there's, there's sufficiency, no matter what it is that you're encountering right now, there's a sufficiency in God to be with you in it, to walk with you through it, and to bring you somewhere new as you wrestle through it with him. And the third thing, along with that, there is power. There is power in this relationship uh, for life. So in, in terms of what we're about, is the response. And that can look like any manner of things. It can look like repentance. It could look like thanksgiving. It can look like silence. It can look like, I don't have anything to say, God. And that's my means of responding because I'm in awe. But honesty is central. You don't need to be polite. You can come to God with honesty. And then the third thing is surrender, just to relinquish our control. You know, sometimes I think it's like I go through life holding my breath, you know? It feels like I'm just holding my breath of my perfectionism and my people-pleasing, all these things. It's a chance just to breathe out, that you are loved, that you're his, he is with you. So what we're gonna do is just you can sing along with these songs. You can, you can kneel down on the floor. You can stand. You can take the communion at any point during these next two songs that you would like. You can be still. You can pray. Uh, and the elders, I'm going to invite the elders to come up uh, and the staff. And if you need prayer during this time for anything at all, we will pray with you. So if there's any elders here this morning, Peter, I would include you also. And the staff, we will be up here if you need some time to pray. Lord, uh, we are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture. You made us. You know us. Um, we are all, we have so much in common, but we're also very unique um, in so many ways, where we're at in life. What is that thing that's pressing down our shoulders, causing us sleepless nights? You know it all. Help us to be honest with you. 
Jesus' name, amen.